Father Harmon. David Lugo, back again. So, all right, man. So this is going to be the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time, uh, but it's going to be also something else. Uh-huh. I got to tell you, man, I am a little bit unprepared for today's podcast. Oh, yeah? Say more. Well, I started preparing, and then I realized, oh, this Sunday, I actually get to do it for the first time for real. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm like a little, I was like having writer, well, preacher's block, I guess. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> because of being full aware that this Sunday, I'm going to be preaching in front of a congregation for the first time. There it is. So. Yeah. What's actually happening that's going to allow you to do that? Well, it's uh, my ordination weekend. This Saturday, what I'll be ordained. To the <laughs> Pretty cool, man. It's exciting. Yeah, Are you nervous? It is. I am not nervous about the ordination. I'm a little bit nervous about preaching on Sunday. Uh-huh. I, I have experienced preaching. I like preaching. But I got nervous when I read this week's readings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I had a hard time figuring out where I wanted to go with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the especially the gospel is a little. Yeah, I don't really, I don't have really have an idea of where where I want to go with that either. I gotta tell you, man, this gospel I just find is kind of all over the place. Um, yeah. So let's just jump right in. Let's just jump right in because I could really use your help. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and you know we can talk later about the ordination this weekend, but uh, for, as far as the homily goes for Sunday, yeah, I, I just I got a general sense that the readings for this week are all about the poor. Uh-huh. Right. So, yep. so, you know, the reading from the prophet Amos, which is the book in the Old Testament, which is one of the prophets, of course, but is also a prophet that is typically known for his, his preaching in terms of what we would call now social justice, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, condemning the abuse of the poor or, you know, all, all that. So justice is very big in Amos. And you see that clearly here, I think, in this reading. Um, and then this gospel, you know, with the the unfaithful servant who then becomes the prudent servant. But then I don't know. The, the gospel passage ends with all these one liners that are <laughs> yeah. like, if I, if I took any one of them, it could be its own homily, but I'm trying to figure right. out how it fits into the right. larger story. Right. You know, like, yeah, I don't know. Could you make heads or tails of any of that? Well, and then you can't, we can't forget the Psalm that literally says, praise the Lord who lifts up the poor. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as the gospel, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of at a loss for words. I think you're right that there's so much there going on. Um, there's an interesting thing. And again, these are just kind of separate ideas. I like this idea that you can just change. <laughs> like that's conversion, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, and some, a lot of times, let's be honest, that happens out of fear, either fear of losing your job or fear of whatever. Um, you say, Oh, actually, this thing that I was super attached to now that <laughs> there's, extreme threat being put on me is might Mm. not be as important as I thought it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And that goes down to, you know, who do you serve God or Mammon? Mm -hmm. Um, So there's something there, I think um, that when, like when, when faced with the consequences of your actions, you can, you can change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, there, I didn't even think of it in that particular way, but that's, that could be a really interesting homily because I think in our world today, we're a little, um, wary is that the best word to use for consequences? We don't even yeah. like to think about them. <laughs> mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. want to get by and do whatever I want to do, and not e- and not have to worry about consequences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we've even devised—I don't really want to get into that too much—but ways to get out of consequences of our actions, of certain mm-hmm. actions. 
So, right. yeah, that could be interesting. That could be an interesting take. Sure. So, try this on for size. So, like, the end of Amos has the Lord speaking, and the Lord says, um, never will I forget a thing they have done. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> never will I forget all the bad stuff that they did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then, in the in the gospel, the Lord, presumably, right, who is represented by the rich man, I guess? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, um, could be. So if the Lord is represented by the rich man, the Lord doesn't does forget or or changes. Uh, okay, follow follow me here. So the Lord won't forget. Forgiving is not forgetting. There it is. That's what I wanted to get at. Is that the rich man, who maybe presumably is God here, does forgive this squandering servant. Yet the Lord in Amos says that He will not forget anything that they have done. So yeah, yeah. So do we, what do we do with that? <laughs> well, <laughs> we accept that and real and try to channel that ourselves. You know, I think one of the one of my points for this last week's homily um, on the prodigal son was I really tried to encourage people not to look at this too strictly as allegorical, and that is just a strict one to one comparison. God is the father. God is the rich man. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of bringing in that. Tolkienian applicability sense that you at certain times can apply this or that to this other thing. Sure. Um, so in that sense, I think it's important to realize that, um, that yeah, God doesn't necessarily or doesn't forget. God knows everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also important for us to realize that we we're called to do the same thing in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, and that again, I think that goes back to this idea of consequences. Like, um, you know, I'm try- like actively trying to forget the bad things that'll happen from my stupid actions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that being being forgiven for something doesn't mean that it is forgotten. It just means yeah. that well, it's it transformed. Is it's it's yeah. sanctified. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. made holy. That's why, and that's why you know Amos talks a lot about um, sacrifices in other parts of his of his book. Um, that God doesn't necessarily want the sacrifices of animals and grain offerings, etc. He wants the sacrifice of you, of your, of your conversion, of your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, I think that's a really important thing to realize that um, it's not just about doing this thing or that thing, but it's about becoming some a new creation to kind of use a New Testament theology. Right, right. But it's becoming a new creation, not in spite of your wrongs, but almost exactly. through them, right? Like exactly. The, I mean, look at St. Paul. <laughs> like, he's he's the last person that you would expect to become the greatest Christian, Christian missionary and writer mm-hmm. of all time. I mean, literally carrying Christians out in chains to the jailers and executioners. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, that's precisely who God trusts and who God calls. Right. Like there there's something there. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Um so that's a good point. I guess I still I still wrestle a little bit with this gospel just because it's like I could just read two lines down and then kind of be off topic from even that thesis of like the the prudent servant or the, the squandering servant now becomes a prudent servant, that there is a way in which there can be conversion, right? And there can be a change in a person. Um but then there's all this stuff about like, you know, 
about wealth, dishonest wealth, being dishonest in small matters, great matters, all these sort of like warnings, um, you know, and sort of the gospel ends with all these sort of like one-liner warnings. You know, no servant can serve two masters. He will hate one or love the other. Um, yeah, I mean, this, is this all this kind of attack on at the end or does it somehow follow from that point that you just made? Um, yeah, I mean, I think they could. You know, we're we're again, we're looking at things that aren't like wealth. Like it's not necessarily a bad thing. And especially considering that we're looking at Luke where we've got um, the rich official who, unlike in the other synoptics, does not go away. So I think Luke has a very particular theology of wealth um, that's not saying that it's automatically a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's got to be focused on um, it's got to be focused on God, certainly first and foremost. But it's also it also has to be focused on on your neighbor, on the poor, mm-hmm. on the weak. Um, and so I think that, again, there's some co- conversation there for like consequence. If you're only serving yourself with your wealth then what are the consequences going to be? Well, death and destruction. Sure, sure. Okay, so I think I just had an insight. Tell me. Okay, so the gospel (laughs) begins by the rich man having a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. Yeah. So the steward squanders property. Okay. Then after he realizes that he's messed up and he's being stripped of his title, he realizes that he can he can regain his title or he can regla- reclaim his relationship to the master if he helps you know all the other servants with all of their own debts okay but the focus has shifted from the property to the relationship to the master yeah so he where he was focused before on squandering property he, it was almost like like last week we had the older son yeah. Who almost who forgot his relationship to the father, right? Like the father is saying, Everything that I have is yours. You are with me. So the, the servant here squanders property because his focus is on the property. Yet the shift and the conversion happens when he starts looking at the relationship that was lost by his idolatry. So uh-huh. so his turning property into that which is his end all and be all, that's led to his perdition. But then he shifts his perspective. So it's almost like the, the prodigal son story. Again. Like you have the focus on material wealth that leads to perdition mm-hmm. that then there's a conversion that happens when you realize that what you've really lost is not the property. What you've lost is the relationship. Right. And, and look, you know, he doesn't just uh, look at the way that he turns his attention, not just to his master, which is true. And I think the more, you know, the bigger thing, um, but he's also trying to, um, develop a better community by being generous to his master's um, business associates, being generous right. to them, giving them a deal. Like, right. oh, that's going to look kindly on everybody here. And so it's really, um, <laughs> there are kind of these layers, you know, when we talk about the sacrament of reconciliation, mm. it's a forgiveness, certainly with um, through sins from God. So reconciliation there, but it's also a reconciliation within yourself. Can you, mm-hmm. are you able to forgive yourself? And then a, a reconciliation with the community. Um, so I kind of see all those levels being represented here. Mm-hmm, that he's mm-hmm. kind of going outwards and outwards and outwards. Um, right. Again, not for his own sake, but because that's that's the will of God. That's what that's yeah. what we're called. Well, to also do. ultimately, his relationship with the rich man, his relationship to God, is dependent upon him reaching out towards those whom 
right. have a relationship with God. So like, it's again back to Amos is that how you treat the poor says something about your relationship to God, right? That you can't say you love God and hate your neighbor. Yeah. Effectively, right. Um, and I guess that starts to bring in some of those last lines about, um, you can't serve both God and wealth. You cannot, um, you have to either love one or hate the other. It's all ultimately about rightly ordering the things of the world that, you know, and maybe in this way as Jesuits, we can bring in sort of Ignatian spirituality of like, everything is ordered to the praise and reverence of God and service yeah. of God. Yeah. You know, that, I like that the moment that I start focusing on my material wealth, not as a means, but as an end, like the young son last week or like this guy this week who squanders the property, the moment I, I turn that into, a, into an end and not a means of praising God is the moment I've committed the act of idolatry. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because you ultimately can't serve both God and wealth. You know? Yeah. You know, and I think the more, the more and more I think about this, it's, it really strikes me that we, um, okay. Uh, Christianity is not about just doing the right thing and never messing up. Like, I, and I think that's a trap that people fall in all the time. And we're seeing it so often in, you know, in social media and on the news that people are afraid even to engage for fear that they might mess up mm-hmm. or do something wrong like this, like this servant at the beginning of our gospel or like all of the people in the Northern Kingdom that Amos is talking to. Um, like, it seems like the caricature of Christianity is just to get rid of that and be perfect, mm-hmm. which is to stop being human. <laughs> um, Rather, what the the what Christianity and I think what this gospel might be getting at is to say, no, we're still going to be human. We're still going to screw up, but you know what? That's okay because God still loves us, mm-hmm. and God still wants us to change our lives and to strive for something better. Mm. Like Christianity is all about that encounter, that encounter with Jesus, with the living God. Right. Um, all of that other stuff, being a good person, etc., is going to fall fr- follow from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, kind of going back to what you're saying, I think it's a matter of shifting our perspective. Like that's what we seek first, that encounter with Christ. Mm. And when we try to focus on like being a good person or never screwing up, well, that's when things might go a little sideways. Sure. Sure. No, that's good. And of course, I think the point to bring it back that you said about the community and reaching out to the community, like the steward does, uh, just like with Amos, you know, that's a really important way of looking at how the purpose of being a Christian is not necessarily to be perfect. Of course, that's our goal is to be perfect like our Heavenly Father. But yeah, certainly we're not going to be we're not going to be good Christians if the people who are immediately around us can't stand us. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, like if we're not loving to the people who are nearest to us, how can we possibly claim to be good Christians? And, exactly. And I know that's a bit trite and it's something that we say often enough. And it's clear from the New Testament that it's true that you can't love God and hate your neighbor. But Dude, it comes out a lot for me in my community life is that there are a lot of people that I live with that I would rather just not talk to, you know, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I don't have to be friends with everybody, but I do have to love everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a you struggle, know? you know? Um, so I'm going to throw a wrench into our conversation here. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? No. <laughs> so this Sunday we're having, or we're kicking off our care for the common home month mm. um, here at the parish. And there's somewhat of a desire on the part of, well, the parish and the committees and all of that, and even the pastor to incorporate that into the homily. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot there. Don't get me wrong. 
you know, one of the things that I really don't like and was taught to me in my homiletics course is that the homily is all about opening up the word. And when it deviates from that, then it's really not a homily or an appropriate for mass. Hmm. Um, so all of that is to say, I think it can work from our readings. Um, but how might we, or how might I kind of shift that focus into that care for the common home? Hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, the most immediate thought, the, the fact that you keep using the word home and common, common home, you know, brings in the, all of the debtors one by one, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And all, all the people who are, you know, being oppressed by the, the evildoers in the book of Amos. So like, okay, you know, we're all in a common life together. So we got to care for our common, common mm-hmm. environment, our common mm-hmm. place. Um, yeah, maybe the first reading is especially helpful for you in that regard. It's like there's the land, there's the wheat, you know, there's you know, yeah. the poor of the land. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was what I was looking at. I I I just went back this morning and read the the whole book of Amos is very short. It's like nine chapters. Um and he was a farmer in the south, and this is during the split kingdom. Um He was an he was a farmer in the south that prophesied in the north. And would always go on about how he's not a professional prophet, this, that, and the other. Um, and he uses a lot of those, like we have in our reading for today, a lot of those agricultural mm. um, imagery, metaphors, and whatnot. Um, so I think there's a, I mean, there's certainly precedence to use, you know, this need for our ho- our earth to be healthy and well taken care of. But also, I like what you're saying that, you know, home means so much more than just that. Like bringing people in, like the, like the servant from the gospel. He yep. brings those people into his home yep. and shows them generosity there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's one angle. And then, of course, like, you can, you can also take the ethical route. Like, you know, if you can be trustworthy with small matters. So, mm-hmm. if, if you want to be thinking about our relationship to the environment, you know, in small ways, we contribute sure. to the degradation of the environment. So sure. if we cannot be faithful in small matters, then we have these catastrophic things that, you know, yeah. that are plaguing our, our country and our, and our world. So um, we should get paper straws. That's what you're saying. Paper straws is one solution. That's one, <laughs> there's one solution. I have a hard time drinking my Slurpees with those. But, <laughs> yeah. um, Especially no, those but that can't be recycled. That's true. It's just <laughs> a hard, it's a hard thing with, with being told that there's a topic for the Sunday for the yeah. parents, but it's it's important to honor that because it is the sure it's it's the it's what's going on in the community right now. Like this Absolutely. is really important. Um, so anyway, I, I find I think there's a way of bringing it in, but um, yeah, I would go the angle of the community, right? Like a common mm-hmm. home for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Any other thoughts for this week? Uh, that's those were kind of my. My big thoughts that I was going over, you know, I really love the letter to Timothy. Um, there's so much cool stuff going on there. And again, it's kind of, it's not, I don't think explicitly connected, but, you know, the way that he talks about being trustworthy and being, you know, being, um, uh, last week he talked a lot about being, well, again, being trustworthy, um, and who we are and what we're doing. Um, like I think Paul gives us a lot of good, um, a lot of good context, perhaps like a, some practical experience, like here's how we live out 
all these things that we've been reading. Mm. Yeah. So, my, fa- yeah. my favorite line is uh, that we may lead a quiet and tranquil life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's a, that's a great ambition. <laughs> yeah. And he also gives us that great, that great line. There's but one meditator. Or mediator, meditator, mediator, <laughs> mediator between God, <laughs> uh, and that is Jesus Christ, the mediator. Amen. I was just, I was just doing a a baptism prep class, and in so much art, um, depicting Jesus's baptism, he's often there, right in the middle between two little islands of mm. divine and humanity, mm. um, and. I mean, literally as the bridge that connects the two. So I think that's a great, that's a great image. Wonderful. Again, that could, that could speak to care for the common home. Like it only makes sense with this mediator that brings, um, that sanctifies this earth that we've got. Yeah. I like that. Cool, man. So that's what I got. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, you too. (laughs) This is my first time. Looking (laughs) forward to it. Uh, I do have a place where I'm going to be preaching, and nice. it'll be n- near to where I'm being ordained. It's a nice. it's a church nearby. All right, man. Well, good luck. Thanks, dude. All right, Godspeed. I'll let you know how it goes next week. Yeah. All right, dude. Peace out.